Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. sense of incoherent anger. People are angry, but they can't explain why. Hello, sir, and why are you here today? I'm here to protest, right? Because I'm going on a march because I want Britain to be back British. I want Britain to be back British. We've got interracial law and the Muslimic infidel. They're trying to get their law over our country. And it's, it is happening. It's happening in other countries. Everything, it's happening in every country. It's like, every, like you've, got, you've got the Iraqi law that they put, they put down in, in London. Like, we're more or less near London today. But they're trying to put the Iraqi law down on, on, on London. They're, trying to, they're just trying to put their, their law down on us. We, we can't stand for that. Which Iraqi law is this? It's the Muslim, Muslimic law. They, they've, got, they've, got their, they've got their law. Obviously, it's their law, isn't it? Like, there's no way, we can't do anything about that, but we're just trying to stop Muslimic. You've got Muslimic rape gangs nowadays. Fucking, There's 15-year-olds getting raped and everything. It, it, it just can't happen. That's why all these people are there. All these people around us, that's why they're there. Thank you very much. Welcome to Free State, everybody. Hello, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing good. 
Hello, Matthew. You can't. You sobby English can't. Knock it on the head. Knock it on the head. We can you tell what it is yet? <laughs> Ever since I started being in the company of Joe Brawley, he's been brandishing a book around by our guest today, uh, promising me to get you know, just give me his copy. Awful hard to get. Oh, very hard to get. If you'd have told me, I'd have bought one over. I said that uh, loads under the quid bet. Ninety quid sick. But it, it, it's worth it. It's, oh, we're, we're joined by Matthew Collins. Uh, author of the book Hate and a couple of other books as well, whose who's, who's story has been put into, uh, into, into television. Television. He was on Virgin, The Walk-In, uh, and he just, Matthew's story is... Sexy. He's a very sexy man. Very sexy. Very sexy man today. Yeah. Wasn't always sexy. No, it wasn't very sexy this morning, but... Right, but now you're sexy. goes on, uh, sexier uh, I get. Uh, <laughs> Literally... I tell you, uh, uh, a member of, I think it's a, it's a, it's a thrilling book. I first heard you on the Tommy Tiernan show. Yeah. And I think I, I got, I can't remember where I got your but I texted you or tweeted you because I was so taken by your description of the hate movement and what it really yeah. was and what, what you said a, that, 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 yeah. that, that stuck in my ear was that you were, you know, you were obviously at the National Front Combat 18, you know, you were part of that sort of hate movement, as you described. In fact, the book's called Hate. But you said that it was a kind of panic that yes. that, that you thought drives that hatred. Yep. One, what's one of the definitions of fascism is panic, isn't it? An imagined panic. Living in a state of panic, you believe that everything's working against you and you must act uh, with great urgency to save yourself and save your country and your people. Fascism is a panic. It's a fear, driven by fear, like uh, most things, like xenophobia. But it's a panic. It's a fear. It's a panic. Yeah. And, you know, reading your book, which it really is extremely hard to get, and... I don't know. I think it's... <laughs> no, I must say, I do have some at home, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard to get. I sent a check in the post. <laughs> I think in its way, it's, it's, it's a unique work and it's a masterpiece for me. I think it's, it's, it's brilliantly written. And, you know, the way you describe how you... I mean, I'm just going to read... Uh, uh, you're sort of first rolling with the National Front. I yep. should say this is in the 1980s. Yeah. Because I'm an old man now. Yeah. This was before mobile phones and podcasts. What that would you... Yeah. You were given the British Nationalist, the Nationalist, British Nationalist newspaper was given to you. And yep. the large BNP encircled in the top right-hand corner. And lots of stories and dire warnings about blacks and Asians. Oh, joy. My body trembled as I held it in my hands and read every inch of its pages. This spoke to me. This said so much without actually making any real sense. It made me feel small, but at the same time, the more I looked at it, the more obvious it was that this was my calling. Yeah. I sat on my bed, shaking with excitement. Finally, I felt I had a life with purpose. Hmm. And what was that life that you embarked on? Um, from ordinary 
actually exceptionally ordinary, dull London schoolboy to a vile, violent, nasty political activist. Because I mean, the National Front, and I think a lot of your listeners would, have know, what, would know what the National Front was, um, were political parties, are political parties, I guess. And they're, they're driven by an ideology, but their members who join up are driven by fear that everything, and I see this playing out in Ireland now, you know, that um, brown faces mean less jobs and more crime, our country's being stolen from us. And for me, that filled a vacuum in, you know, again, quite unspectacular schoolboy. And suddenly I had purpose and and I engaged in this great crusade with all these other sort of lumpen alcoholics to save our country, and of course, without any political knowledge or skill. So it was just violence, you know. How can we use violence to encourage people to leave this country? And that's it, yeah, and that's basically what it was. I said in a in the last book I did, which is the one I'm trying to sell now and is still available in Connolly Books in Dublin, is um, the... We'll do a better prologue. Yeah, we, we can do. I could, yeah. But I, I say it in the last book that it didn't matter what the issue was. So we'd have these meetings and it would be, oh, blacks are taking over the country. Uh, what's the solution to that? Someone needs to get smashed in the face of a hammer. Uh, the church roof needs fixing. Someone needs to get smashed <laughs> in the face of a hammer. Uh, the, there's no hospital beds at Lewisham Hospital. Someone needs to get smashed in the face of a hammer. So, so that was, you know. You didn't like the Irish, either? No, we did not like the Irish, but. Uh, but you liked the loyalists. But you came from Irish. So I did, I did, I did. My, 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 my. Uh, I told Ryan Truppity once that uh, we thought we were related oh, to Michael. Oh, we thought we'll have to edit, we'll have to edit this. We thought we, that we thought we were related to Michael Collins. And I was told the night before by a woman at the NUJ that was the only way I could guarantee I'd get 20 minutes on his show to plug my book. Really? Yeah. So you had to say And that. then he plugged the wrong book. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yes, the, the, my, the, my parents are, are Irish. My family is, is Irish. Collins is O'Brien's, Conway's as well, yeah. um, um, from Cork. But your father, your father, when he came to England, he would have, did he feel, did he share some of those views that you, you had? Was he oh, kind such of, a good such a good and bizarre question and of course it all came out probably really at, at his funeral recently but um my my we, we often have to remind people and my father that he was an immigrant to britain and his view on immigration to britain was that he should have been the last one allowed in <laughs> and, he, and I, I wish they'd given me the key to lock the door behind me right. but my, my father uh, moved to britain with his father uh, abandoning his mother in, I think, just uh, 1950 or 1951. Okay. And he was quite a... Uh, you know, he had, like, uh, six or seven brothers and sisters. Um, and he grew up in a very Irish house in south-east London where, you know, there was a, a large house full of Irish families. So he grew up with a very, very Irish childhood and Irish attitudes, which he... Kept right until yeah, right until his death, 
but we didn't get the benefit of that. And I do think it's a benefit. Um, and he married my mother and that marriage didn't work. Uh, he found someone else, um, which I know Joe's desperate to talk about. No, 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 not no, at all. No, you're not going to talk about that? No, no, no not My father ran off with a black woman. Um, every psychologist in the world goes, oh, that explains a lot. And yeah, After sort of yeah, lambasting immigrants. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Um, but, I mean, but did your grandfather, was it your grandfather who didn't go to your parents' shoot or your parents' wedding? No, no. wouldn't go. Cause because my mum was a Protestant. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Protestant. Sorry, Mum, if you're listening, I'm, you're not dead yet, are you? Yeah. The, 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 you know, just and so go so, back, and so to I the, that. back to the genesis of it. Like the genesis of it, yeah. All of a sudden, I mean, and again, I, I just, I'm reading from your book. Suddenly, everything was the fault of the Nick Nugs and the Coons. Yeah. Once, once they had been pointed out to me, they suddenly and miraculously seemed to be everywhere, even at school and the estate. I'd never even noticed them before. They were taking jobs and homes away from decent, hard-working British people. I realised now that the reason we were poor was because of the Coons. Yeah. The Biter-Meinhof phenomenon. (laughs) Black and Asian people went from being my neighbours and classmates and friends to parasitical leeches I could barely even look at. Yeah. I was beginning to understand that these people were stealing my history and my birthright. Why couldn't they just fuck off to where they truly belonged? And their protectors, the fucking teachers and civil servants with their bleeding hearts and cheap shit French cars. University scum from middle classes. There to suppress my freedom. And from there, you were very quickly following the, the hooligans. Yeah. You know, what, what, the, 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 uh, uh, and I, I think that you paint a picture that actually that makes it understandable to us because from a distance, for example, the feel of the pack, the stupid thong, songs, the fighting, the making of threats was magical. Yeah. We even fought with QPR fans, QPR fans on the underground one day. QPR fans. That's, mm, there's not many of them. No. Just to find one is is a, is a result. Well, my uncle was a hardcore QPR fan. Uh, How was he? He wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have you know been too hard to fight. <laughs> they're not they're not the most ferocious. That was a bit of a soft target. I I used to go. I live very near QPR. According to a friend of mine, apparently they're quite tasty these days. Really, these things go in swings. Right, they go in cycles like yeah, the teams, do yeah, they? Yeah, they train well, them young. And, and this this sort of matchless image of um, Edmonds. Yeah. Richard Edmonds. Yeah. Who was... I wrote... When he... Richard Edmonds was a school teacher and he was an extraordinary orator and so intelligent, so bright and fiery and he lit something under me and he died um, two or three years ago and I lamented on Twitter what an impact he had on my life. Not a, good, not a terribly positive impact, but he was someone, I, I just felt, wow, you know, he's gone. That's a massive part of my life gone because he drove, he drove fascism in me. And then he was one of the, the things that sort of turned me against fascism. And um, I was heavily criticised for it. Oh, look at you promoting fascism. I say, for people who, people who've never been involved or, or done anything. There, there were 
some, if you don't know what charisma is, and believe me, in 1980s council estate in London, you don't see a lot of charisma or charismatic people. When this man, educated, tall, he'd read loads of books, obviously a lot of shit books, and suddenly <laughs> comes and tells you in a very, author very authoritative voice, because you know, when you're a young boy, you wonder about all kinds of things. Life's complicated. Life. It really, it really, and it doesn't get any less complicated either, does it? Yeah. And he just comes and says, everything you're feeling, every, all of your doubts and insecurities are because of Jews and blacks. It's so simple. And I was like, oh, man, I'm like an empty cup. Fill me up with your boiling hot white coffee. And um, it, some of those people were extraordinary. And, and some of those people were fucking dangerous. And the picture of them sort of that you paint of him reading from Mein Kampf, yeah. listening to Wagner. Yeah. He, 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 Hitler's you favorite put, composer. Yeah, If you put around to your friend's house and they might say, oh, I'm, guess, what I, guess, guess what I've been reading today? I've had it. I wonder if it's Shakespeare. Ooh, or have you, got, you know, have you got the latest Mills of Boot? No, it's fucking my account. Let me, just, let me just read it too. And of course, he was so fucking clever, he could read it in German. Well, so he was really good, Ben Kampf, in German. Yeah, of course he and was. Yeah. It's not particularly sexy language, German either, yeah. is it? I mean, you know, the the, con uh, you know, the content wasn't great in German. It's even Jews, ugly. The, uh, the, the Jews and the blacks were they the big targets then at that point in time? Um, okay, yes. The people of color were the problem, and they were the result of the Jews, because everything's the Jews. The Jews were bringing these people into Britain to muddy our our waters, so to uh, mix our blood, to take our blood, you know, stop our blood being pure. Uh -huh. So they were encouraging, you know, they were encouraging black men to have sex with white women and white men to have sex with black women, and that was all part of a conspiracy. And uh, the aim of the conspiracy was uh, what were the Jews going to get from this? To complete. Control, complete domination. Of the sort of the financial sector? Of the white... No, they had control of the financial sector. Right. They had that. Yeah, yeah. But they, the Jews wanted to destroy the white man. Okay. By encouraging us to have sex with other people. Okay. Yeah. So this is serious. This is... I mean, you know, particularly as someone who might have once or twice thought about shagging Diana Ross. Right. This was a terrible thing, terrible burden. To Diana, no, but did you ever communicate those desires to Diana? <laughs> no. I, I went to Glastonbury, which was performing, and I thought I'd still probably jump the fence. And, and did it, when, when you were, how were you feeling then when, you, when this was being presented as a solution? Did it make sense to you? Yes, absolute sense. 
absolutely. And did you feel better for it? No, I felt worse for it because it's a panic, isn't it? Mm. But 19, the 1980s, I saw when I did my growing up, I was born in the 70s, grew up at a time when there was like the winter of discontent, the, the unions are on strike. Then you, Margaret Thatcher comes to power. She says she understood people were scared of being swamped. Then you've got the minor strike and we're an impoverished family in London. And suddenly I'm part of something. I'm part of something <clears throat> really revolutionary. You know what I mean? And everyone needs to get smashed in the face with a hammer, which was... And when you're on your own, when you're walking past, when you're not in the group, when you're walking past an Asian or a black person... Never or... said a word. Never did a thing. Because they're fucking cowards, aren't they? Yeah. Fascists are fucking cowards. Yeah. So you just kept your head down. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You wrote in the book, racism and Nazism was very easy. Yes. It didn't trouble my grey matter at all. No. No. And I suppose for a a, a, a discontented youth whose life wasn't going particularly anywhere. I'm sort of reading. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of summarising how you describe. But lives are. But are, lives are generally aren't they quite bland? Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. Really, life is really for young people. I, probably different now. I look at my kids. They seem to have everything in the in the world. But life was bland. Life was fucking difficult. If you were working class, yeah. it was really difficult. Why would what? Why was the idea? I mean, and we see this with the Irish hate movement as yeah. well. Why, why was the idea that the Holocaust was a myth? Oh. Why, was that, why is that so attractive? I it's, mean, it's, I mean, so, it's because one of, the, one of the things about the Holocaust that it teaches us and it shows us is where this ends up. This is where hatred ends up. There is no... You cannot be hating and torturing and... and sending people off in boats somewhere 
and just think that there's no consequence to it. And the consequence of these hatreds and, and, and this, this vileness is that people end up getting murdered, butchered in genocides. Mm. Millions marched into death camps. And so, I mean, this, this is the, if you look at the conspiracy movement now that's been massive, particularly since uh, COVID and lockdown, is that all of these conspiracies somehow always at the end boil down to that there's a Jew behind it. Because it's just, it's, they're, they're the easy, it's the longest hatred. And they're the people, it seems to be most easy to blame for the world's ills. And if you can cast enough doubt on the Holocaust, if you can make people believe it's exaggerated and or didn't happen, if you can encourage people to believe that not only is it exaggerated, it's made up by Jews, then you can go and do it all again, can't you? And it, even in the even in the BMP and the National Front, where we were, people were saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, the Holocaust is fake. We must undermine the Holocaust." Their solution to their problems was, of course, genocide. <laughs> you know, and and it's a good idea. I think people, some people, just fail to realize and fail to see that history shows us so many things. The Holocaust shows us where running around the streets, be it in Dublin or London, shouting things at people or setting fire to their tents, saying awful and unfair things about them, accusing them of things. That, that's how it starts. That's how it started in, in Germany. Yeah. That, and where it ended, go to Auschwitz and see where this hatred ends up. Because the only natural, not, not even natural, the only consequence for any kind of hatred is murder. Yeah, I mean, people here in Ireland who've never met a trans person and have never had any negative experience of a trans person or someone in the LGBTQ community or, for example, a drag queen are now peddling this idea that these were toxic groomers, rapists, pedophiles. Yes. You mean yes. you've heard it? Groomers, rapists, pedophiles. And everyone, everyone is a groomer, a pedo. Oh, that's the and, that's and, the and constant the that's the constant thing. They, I was chased uh, by some Irish fascists outside your your Doyle Dale. Doyle. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely pronounced Doyle, but it's definitely spelled Dale. I was out, outside your Parliament, and um, <laughs> they started shouting at me. He's a paedophile, and I'm like, oh for fuck's sake, this is terrible. Because what are these ordinary Irish people walking up the street again? Maybe he is a paedophile. Um, yeah, so that's the thing they throw at and It's a constant, it's like, you know, you, you, it's like there's a string in their back and you pull the string out and they say, rapist, pedophile. I've, I've, said, I, I've, said, I've said this before, the, the British fascists are nasty, but the Irish ones are a bit fucking mad. You know what I mean? They'll get there, they'll get there, but at, at the moment, I think most Irish people, if they had concerns about immigration, even if they had concerns about things like trans people or... or story hour where drag queens mm. read books to, to children. If they looked at the people who were in opposition to these things, they would just say, yeah, but they're a bit mad. Mm. They're a bit mad. Yeah. So, I think that's, but, that's, the, that's the stage we are, we are that's at. That's the stage. The that's the, that's and I think the when it comes to immigration, at. Irish people, when we've talked about this before, have enough awareness, most people have enough awareness of, uh, although, you know, as you said, you know, of your father wanted to pull the drawbridge right behind yeah. him. Yeah. And, the, you know, look at Trump's, Trump, people around Trump, there's so many Irish Americans and Irish people have been involved in racism. But I think 
in this country, we still have enough awareness of yeah. our own story with, with emigration. And at, and at any time he was living in Britain, my dad could have gone back to live in Ireland. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. and, logical, and logical sort of argument has no, has no sway at all. In fact, it's, it seems to make them close in even more on each other. I don't know. It, it, I mean, you, you, you hit that on the head that most Irish people, even if they had doubts or concerns about immigration, would probably say, yeah, but, you know, I've got 24 cousins living in Canada and 22 in America and a niece in, in England. Um, but it is, it is challenging. I think for Ireland it's challenging yeah, because you, 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 there's, a, this, there's this thing, isn't it? It's we're little old Ireland, you know, and there's not a lot of space here, and there's, you know, and it's all going along very, very nicely. And suddenly people turn up, and you have to make space. You have to make you have to make space. You have to make accommodation for them. But also, you have to say, have you got? This is what problem with look in England. This sticking people on boats before they want before they send them off to Rwanda. And if you've been to Britain post Brexit, you'll see the country's basically on its knees. It really is on its knees. And we've got all these people trying to get into our country. Just go to them and say, what skills have you got? What's going on? Can you drive a bus? Can you work in a hospital? Can you work at machine? Could you do some, some mowing? By the way, our country is absolutely dead as a result of Brexit. We need some, we need some people to come All in. the things that people in other European nations used to do in Britain. Correct. And, 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 and without, without any, without Britain any is problem. In, uh, listen, Britain is in such a state. Every time you ask our Home Secretary a question, what about this £5 billion that was written off in corruption? Mm. During the, uh, lockdown, <clears throat> during the lockdown period, she'll just say, her answer would be, I'm only here to stop the boats. Yeah. And they're using these people, these, these lives of these people, to obfuscate all the problems that are in this country by just saying, yeah, Britain's got the fourth largest navy in the world, right? The Nazis couldn't cross the channel between France and invade Britain, right? And you're telling me now we're being invaded <laughs> by people in dinghies. I, if this is if this is the case, then sack the Home Secretary and sack the Defence Minister. How can we be invaded by young boys in dinghies? Do you notice yeah. a change in in England? You know, forget about the the conversation at yeah. political level, but do you notice it? Because I lived in London for twenty years and I loved it, and I never I felt it was the most. Uh, London isn't England necessarily. They'd almost qualify for a pension. I know, I know. I, I left before I could. I, you know, I put them on what money I left behind. Yeah. Uh, I, I need it. Um, but it was such a tolerant. It was such an easy place. It to was. Live. It was, and it, it's surprisingly tolerant. London. Yeah. Even though everyone had a hard time there, but it was one. Of, it was one of those places where people got along. The yeah. Irish, or yeah. West Indians. My childhood was of accents: West Indian accents, yeah. Irish accents, Liverpudlian accents. It was a, a childhood of accents. London now, I think people are, the conversations people have, let's just say, are challenging mm. now. I think um, the great period of liberal thought and action has been tested. And I think people are being tested by, again, our government using much, the, the, the much needed immigration we need just to pay my pension, to pay your pension. Mm. I'll, I'll put an application in for you when I go. <laughs> And they're holding up little brown faces and saying, we're keeping these people out of the country. Mm, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, and you're also keeping us poor because we need these people working and paying tax. Mm. And it's the same, and it'll be the same here in Ireland. And both of our countries suffer this housing crisis where there's not enough houses to go around. And yet, I think it's 
one in 20 domiciles in Ireland is empty. And I think it's similar in the UK. Ireland is empty, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we have so few people. So there's, to so, and, and there's enough, and there's enough houses. And, and then it's like, oh, they're getting free houses. Oh, they're getting, they're getting Mercedes-Benz. Oh, they're getting mobile phones. Let, let me take you back to, to, because not all our listeners will be familiar with what you actually did then. Okay. I mean, the, they could uh, just buy the book. The, uh, the, uh, you described the meeting, you, you described the grouping that you got involved with as, which I, I, I don't see, it made me laugh, but you give such a vivid description of it when you said it was like a, sh- we, we were we were like a shit magnificent self. Yeah, shit magnificent self. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't help thinking about that when I see these Irish racists going around. They got a boat recently. I did, didn't it sink, or wasn't uh, it? Yeah, the boat started to sink and yeah. they were using the bucket and then they they, they, they were, they were you know, and everybody they, they passed and they said they were shouting, pay those racists, you know. There was a grill. woman on their boat but, cooking but, them fucking chicken korma. <laughs> she was fucking <laughs> chicken korma. <laughs> Your number one Irish racist meal, we'll, we start with a chicken korma <laughs> and then we'll have a madras. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.